Hi, this is John Reed. I have literally raided the offices of Converse Social here in Manhattan. I'm with uh, CEO Joshua March. How's it going? Hey, John. Good to have you here. Yeah, I've been looking forward to meeting you at some point. Uh, we've interacted years ago about we have a shared passion for social customer service, I'd say. But you've made a business out of it, so you took yeah. it a lot further than me. Uh, so I want to talk a little bit about what the trends are in this area, what you're, what you're learning, and maybe argue a little bit about a couple of things that I've been dealing with on social channels lately. But I want to just start with just how you guys are doing, because you know, a few years ago, you guys were all the rage. You were like a cool company in Gartner and stuff. Um, you doing well? Yeah. You know, it's a really exciting time for us. And we, we first got funding in mid-2011. Um, and at the time, you know, no one else was talking about social customer service. In fact, social customer service wasn't even a phrase. And we, we helped create that phrase uh, because we really, really believed that it was fundamental that every company had to be delivering service to their customers through these new social and, and mobile channels. And we really spent, you know, a couple of years beating the drum about it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like you said, there was this kind of a couple of years or a little while in the wilderness when like no one really knew what we were on about and everyone just cared about social marketing. Right. Um, and then there's kind of a splurge activity of uh, being the kind of cool thing that people were excited about. You guys um, were the fashion for a while. Exactly. Yeah. yeah but, but what's great now is that now it's all about real business. This yeah. has become something that's really, really serious. Yeah. You know, we have, we have customers, you know, Fortune 500 customers who literally have hundreds, hundreds of agents just doing social customer service. Right. Um, and, you know, if you look at the market today, there's a, this, there been this big swing away from the kind of all-in-one social media management suites trying to do every, everything possible social to companies realizing that, you know, social needs to be uh, you know, a really deeply integrated part of how they do customer service. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because that was when I was thinking about you guys, I was like, that's, I wonder if that's going to be a threat to Converse Social because after, after you guys sort of faded a little bit as the fashionable company, like, like it all goes in cycles, right? Then, then it was all about the suite, right? And the suites are going to solve all our marketing suites will solve everything, you know? Uh, and I was wondering, is that going to be an advantage for you guys? Like, can you, can you work at, can you compete against that or are they swallowing you up? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, last year I'd say was the, definitely the year of the suites, right? Um, yeah, you know, they were kind of all the rage and, you know, CMOs, uh, were being sold on this vision that they could buy one tool that would do everything social and everything they need. Yeah. And, you know, I think now the reality is kind of come home and, and come back to bite them a little bit because the truth is. You know, the needs of a marketing department are very different to the needs of a large enterprise contact center. Right. And trying to build one vanilla social tool that, that does everything just hasn't worked. Yeah. And you know, what we've seen is you know, a lot of companies have realized that and have been um, you know, gone through some painful experiences trying to, trying to, to handle large-scale service through these tools that just aren't built for customer service. Um, the analysts are now pretty strongly coming out uh, in, in favor of best of breed solutions, you know, you see Forrester releasing a number of reports, you know, saying that the, the all-in-one social suites just haven't lived up to the hype. Yeah. And they're now recommending to all clients that they buy you know, point solutions and best of breed in the different areas instead. Nice. Um, it's a nice message for you guys. It's huh? a, yeah, it's a great message yeah. for us. And so we're, we're really seeing a pretty big kind of tidal shift in the market um, towards uh, our vision, really. And, and it's the same vision that we've been pushing and talking about for a number of years. So it's great to see everyone else getting on board. Right. And from the service perspective, I think I, I have sort of 
I'm kind of have this love hate thing going with social customer service because I love the idea of it. And I can remember a few times where it really worked out well for me, but then so many times I feel like I've had bad social customer service experiences. I mean, it's funny because before this podcast, I was just going through a list of companies I'd harassed socially. Uh, and I was thinking about from our first debates and conversations you and I would have on email about this. And the one thing I've noticed that I, I could be wrong about this, but I'm under the impression now that companies, they don't always solve my problem. In fact, sometimes I think they, they're downright shitty at it, but I feel like they, they have a better idea of who I am. Like when I first started to complain on Twitter years ago, it just seemed like it was always like, who is this nut job or whatever. But now I feel like they're checking my cloud score or other, the cloudization of service or something where they have some tool like that, some type of influence or assessment tool, because I can tell sometimes when they're, they're going, they're definitely going over backwards to try to make me happy. They don't always know how to are you seeing that? Are companies getting smarter about how to prioritize, like, you know, who to respond to and what's important? And mm -hmm. yeah, I think it's probably a factor of a few a few things. Mm -hmm. Yes, definitely, companies are paying attention to that kind of thing. If someone has a really high clout score or a high follower score, they're yeah. making sure that maybe a more experienced agent is looking at it or it's getting getting prioritized. Yeah, uh, but I also think that it's a factor of, the, of just companies paying more attention to this in general. Okay. And company more and more companies having real service agents, prioritizing service issues in general, ensuring they're really trying to reach out and help people, regardless of cloud score. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think it's probably both of those things coming together. You know, I've, I feel like I have too many service experiences, and this isn't just on social channels, but for, for our conversation where, where people are super, super nice to me and super polite and responsive, but they don't actually finish the conversation. Um, I had one, I guess you could say, good experience with Hootsuite. It wasn't so good, but they pretty quickly figured out what I needed and they told me that it wasn't available. <laughs> so I was annoyed, but, uh, but they were clear and that was good because at least I got a resolution. I had some other experiences with Intuit where I just felt like the people that were interacting with me were not competent experts able to solve my problems. They didn't even understand the version of the software I was using. And, and I just felt like, I don't need you to be nice to me. I mean, sure, that's nice to be polite, but I'm really looking for competency. I would take someone grouchy who could solve my problem. I mean, where are we with this stuff? Like, is it possible to resolve these things? And Yeah, I'd say if you look at the market today, it's hard to have exact numbers, but I'd probably split it into three. You know, a third of companies still just aren't doing anything. <laughs> or right. yeah, they view, still view social purely as a marketing tool right. and they're publishing stuff out. They're not even really responding. Um, a third of the market are doing what you just described. They have people on there who are maybe the marketing team or interns right. um, who are responding to customers, but they're not able to actually resolve your issue. Uh, and then there's a third, third of the market that have realized that this is a legitimate, important service channel and have real customer service agents in the contact center plugged into their CRM systems and their EPOS systems who are able to, to not just respond, but to fully actually resolve real issues. Right. And so, so in, in the sense of like your software, for example, it seems to me like your software can only reach its true potential if, if they're putting the right people to work on it. Because if you give, gave your software, I don't care how great it is to some of the people I've dealt with on some of these social channels. I don't know that the experience would be that much, <laughs> that much better. Yeah. I, I'm assuming that it's not just software, right? It's, 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 
it, it, it's some sense of advisory on how to do this that you're yeah. bringing to the table. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, there's, there's a number of things in there. Obviously with the software itself, we, we do a lot of investment in how can we help companies uh, deliver that real resolution right. in terms of you know, threading between public and private, uh, you know, tracking real issues and escalation and resolution rates. So we, you know, part of it, part of it is in the software itself, but as you say, it still needs the people to do it. Um, and there's a couple of things in there. A, we, we try and do a tremendous amount of thought leadership, webinars, blog guides. You know, we have our definitive guide to social customer service, which we've been doing a number of years now. Um, and we also have a consultancy and services team. Okay. Uh, and we'll actually work, um, work with companies right from scratch and help them build these teams. And we worked with um, a major cable company recently. I won't mention their name, but you know, they realized the importance of this, but also realized mm-hmm. that they didn't have anyone who could help them do it. Right. And as part of uh, our solution, our services team actually went in there, helped them develop their own guide for how they do it, helped them hire agents, who, you know, both externally and internally, who could be part of the social team, right. and helped actually then train those agents. Uh, yeah. So actually helped them go from kind of zero to hero. Uh, which is yeah, we don't <laughs> zero have to, to zero, zero, zero. I like we don't it. have to do for to every company, but we, right. we we do help a lot of our customers do that. I like that. I think we might need to brand that into a training program. That's yeah. beautiful. <laughs> uh, then there's this whole thing around that you really intrigued me about before we started taping, where you said that you believe that full resolution is it should be the result from social customer service, and I've never really thought of it that way. I've always thought of it much more. I mean, obviously, simple things like. Comcast confirming there's an outage in my area, sure. But like with more complex stuff, I've always thought it would you'd have to take it to a different channel. But you don't feel that way. No, definitely not. Okay. I mean, look, it's a terrible customer experience to have to shift channel. Yeah. Especially if it ends up losing data or you know, losing um, you know, the same agent you're speaking to. Right. You know, here's a fact. Almost everyone today is on a smartphone. A lot of these service interactions are being initiated from a smartphone. Um, right. Email sucks. Right. In general, yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> live chat doesn't really work. Right, uh, you know, one social uh, is extremely efficient, e- extremely um, easy for the consumer and the agent. A lot of right. people don't want to have to shift to a phone call and sit on hold or, or sit on sit sure. on phone for a long time. Yeah, um, if you've got someone on social, you know, even if you need to move to private message, you can do that really easily. Uh, there's now no character limits on your Twitter DMs. You made that point. I think that's a really important point, actually. Yeah. It basically means anything you can do over text, you can do over Twitter. Doesn't there's no there's no limits. With Facebook's new messenger for business, it's not only private, but they're also building in presence management, live chat functionality. Um, so you can move something to private and you know, do anything you could do over any of those other channels. And also Twitter's changed its messaging permissions on direct messages a little bit to make it easier for people to message when you're not following and exactly. stuff, which also takes so it more, make, makes it super simple. more friction out of it as opposed to like, follow me and blah, blah, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, completely. So, so there's none of that hassle. Yeah. We, we have major you know, Fortune 500 clients, yeah. telco and other things who have authorized their agents to take private information. Your okay. account info, addresses, phone numbers over DMs. Okay. So yeah, that, that, there's really no excuse to deliver okay. full resolution. So when you work with, willing. so when we work with your customers, that's really what you guys are talking about: is let's not just identify problems socially, but completely resolve them socially. That's 100%. the goal. Okay. Yeah. All right, and and they're tracking that and managing that within your software, then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, one thing I I, I didn't tell you I was going to ask you, but just one quick question around that. I totally get the 
the best of breed type of thing as far as why you would need to specialize in service to understand it. But uh, are you also getting questions around integration? Because obviously you're capturing some really valuable data yeah. there. Yeah, so we, we think integration is really important. Yeah. Um, you know, so we have not just a full API platform, but also an integrations team. Uh, we actually build integrations with our client systems. Um, you know, so there's, there's a number of different integrations we have live. Uh, one of the kind of key ones that we try and get all of our clients to do is on the CRM and the customer data layer. You know, we're building up in, in Conversocial pretty impressive profiles of customer information, both what we pull from the social platforms, also what agents are entering manually. Right. Um, we can build connectors into the CRM system so that okay. you know, the agent asks for the email address. Once we have that, we can then create a, a link with the customer record, pull information back into the system. So sharing that data two ways, getting that single view of the customer, right. that's kind of you know, number one. Um, two is escalation into other teams. Right. So if, if you have uh, a, you know, a specific team that handles like refunds, for example, and the social agents need to escalate to that team to complete a refund, there, and that's in like an Oracle right now system, for example, yep. we can build those in, that, that integration so that the social agent can escalate the case without having to leave Conversocial. Gotcha. Uh, and then one final on the integration, we can even build um, completely custom ones. So we, we have a client uh, who's a you know, fast-growing e-commerce retailer, and we've built a custom integration with their back-end system so that once the agent has asked for their account number or email, whatever it is to match up the accounts, we then uh, put in additional items into the UI that allow the agent to issue refunds, send new products, do everything they could in the backend system within Conversocial. Yep. Uh, and we view those as pretty fundamental. Great. Well, I think that's a good stopping point for, uh, I have some listeners who prefer a short podcast. I think that's a good stopping point. By the way, listeners, if you're wondering if there's some kind of uh, financial or promotional reason behind this, no, I crash these offices just because I think this stuff is interesting and I I hope you do too. No money has changed hands. We're just here having a good time talking about this stuff. So let's take a break. And those of you who want to continue on, I'm going to rejoin Joshua. We're going to talk a little bit deeper into his customer experiences. Thanks for joining.